electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. Hi there, I'm CNBC producer Cameron Costa. Today on Squawk Pod from the World Economic Forum in Davos. Vladimir Klitschko, international boxing champion and now champion for his country, Ukraine. It is extremely important to understand the danger of this war. And it's not just Ukraine, the whole world is going to be affected with it. Why he and his brother, mayor of Kyiv, briefly left their war-ravaged country to bump elbows with the world's elite in Davos. Don't hesitate. Don't wait too long. Please keep supporting us. Please help us. And in comments exclusive to this podcast, his CNBC interviewer, Sarah Eisen, reflects on her takeaways from the conversation. His bigger message, I would say, is that Ukraine's fight is the world's fight. It's Thursday, May 26, 2022. And another Squawk Pod in Switzerland begins right after this. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with P. Jim, a leading global asset manager. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Welcome back to Squawk Pod, where we're still covering the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. Fellow and familiar Squawk Potter Katie Kramer has been there all week, and she's getting us exclusive content from the anchors on the ground, or on the mountainside, more accurately. My name is Sarah Eisen. I am an anchor of Closing Bell at 3 p.m. every day on CNBC. In years past, Sarah, Katie, Andrew, and the rest of the CNBC Davos crew have sat on a roof in frigid temperatures, bundled with hand warmers, to chat with the biggest names of business and politics about the world order and innovation in the fresh alpine air. But this year, a lot of things have been different. It's a little bit different having this event in May after two years of pandemic than the typical January Captains of the Universe event that we've seen in the past? It has felt very different, not just because the weather and the dress code is totally different, but but because we're seeing each other for the first time. So I think there's a lot of ex- excitement around face-to-face interactions. There's really no replacement for that. Everyone had enough of Zoom. And, and when it comes to meeting the top leaders in business and 
politics and the economy and civil society, everyone in one place, there's no substitution. So I think everyone's really happy to be here. But at the same time, it's a really uncertain time for the global economy. And there is a lot of pessimism and negativity. We're, we're, we're looking at a war in Ukraine, which is a less than three hour flight from here in Davos. And it's changing all sorts of geopolitical relationships. It's elevated tension significantly. We're potentially looking at a global recession and a spike in inflation that's causing a lot of harm on developing economies in particular. I did a panel today with with someone from a development bank in Africa where they're looking at more than 13% food inflation Mm. on already stretched finances. So, So you are seeing these pain points but at the same time, everyone's really happy to be here talking about it together. And it, and it makes you feel like global cooperation, or at least dialogue, is alive and well, which is what Davos always is. But it's nice to do it in good weather, and it's nice to do it after a two-year hiatus. Right. A lot has changed in those two years, and top of mind for everyone is the war in Ukraine. This week, Russian forces continue to press in on Ukraine, and on Wednesday alone, they staged dozens of attacks, killing at least six people. Watching from honestly not so far away, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz spoke to the Davos community, and his comments made global headlines. We cannot allow Putin to win his war, and I firmly believe that he will not win it. And Mayor of Kyiv Vitaly Klitschko also came to Davos to deliver his message from the Ukrainian people to the international community main priority, I start in my speech, main priority for every Ukrainian, for every citizen of our hometown, safety. Mayor Klitschko's brother, Vladimir, also attended the forum. That's who you'll hear from today. He gave Sarah Eisen an idea of what life is like back in Kyiv. There were depressing parts of the interview where it made you pause, I didn't even know what to say, but there, there was uh, hopeful parts of the interview as well. And that was when I asked him what it was like in Kyiv right now because he said three months ago it was very scary and dangerous and everyone was hunkering down and and a city of five million people was completely empty and a lot of people were fleeing and there were sirens and air raids and bombing and now people are back and they've 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 defended Kyiv and and there we've seen world leaders we've seen members of congress go there and walk freely with President Zelensky. There have even been stories of remote workers gathering at cafes in Kyiv, logging into their jobs. But as Kyiv residents attempt to find normalcy in the middle of a war zone, the world is watching closely. Russia has for many years sent a delegation of leaders, many companies. You've seen a lot of the traditional oligarchs. You've seen people from the Russian energy companies come here in the past. But this year, the World Economic Forum did not allow any Russian delegation to come at all. Is that... What sort of message do you think that sends to the global community? It was noticeable because, as you mentioned, the, the, the Russians are always here in full force. They always yeah. throw the best parties, and they always <laughs> have the best caviar at those parties. And, and it was obviously a strong statement to Russia that it is not included in a global dialogue in the, in the global community. But at the same time, you have members of the Ukrainian delegation that are here. The foreign minister is here. President Zelensky addressed Davos on on video to a standing ovation here. Ukraine is short on time. They're calling on the world community and world leaders to do more. They're calling on Europe to have an oil embargo. And and there's still some struggles with that 
with that situation. They're calling on investors globally to put money into Ukraine and pull it out of Russia. So there's there's more that can be done, but clearly it's a statement. It's a statement of unity against Russia from a lot of the mo- world's most powerful people. You spoke to one of the Klitschko brothers, two twins, Vladimir. who are from Kiev, Vladimir. Yes. Um, he has sort of given up a, a very different career to throw himself into into the cause in Ukraine now. Tell me about your conversation. So he is top-ranked heavyweight boxer, <laughs> very widely decorated, and international superstar and celebrity turned freedom fighter, essentially. He's right. enlisted in the, in the Ukrainian army. His brother is the mayor of Kiev, as you said, and they are staying in Kiev with this fight. I asked him what he was doing here in Davos and not... In Ukraine, he said that he's left two times since the war broke out about three months ago. Once was to meet with the German Chancellor, and the other was to come here Hmm. because he thought, and his brother came as well, it was so important to spread the message to keep supporting Ukraine. And, And his bigger message, I would say, is that Ukraine's fight is the world's fight. And Ukraine is fighting for freedom. And he also had a lot of warnings about the consequences and what could be coming with Russia. Because he says the world hasn't been paying attention to the signals from Russia, going back to Crimea and Putin's language before then. And so so he had some interesting and scary warnings for what could come next. He also spoke to me, he said, and has been speaking to media because he wants it to stay in the forefront Mm. of Western media. And he really made such a point on telling me how important the media was to, sh- to tell the right story. Because if you look at what's happening in Russia, the propaganda there and how they're explaining this war from a Ukrainian perspective is just is ludicrous and is completely wrong. So I think, wh- I think what you'll hear is that he has come with a very powerful message. And after Davos, he's going to drive back into Ukraine, <laughs> to the war zone, which is really sort of unbelievable juxtaposition when you think about it. I asked him, how, how did it feel to be here? He said, totally surreal. First of all, I'm, I'm curious why you come here to Davos in the middle of the war. Now in Davos, two worlds are colliding, meeting each other. On political side, the leaders of the governments and on the economical side, the leaders of business world. And it's so important to work together in one front against this Russian aggression and the war in Ukraine. Because without isolation on the political side and on the economical side of Russia, these wars will keep on going. Because every cent that Russia is getting on trading, oil, gas, coal, whatever the trade is, is going to be spent on the military equipment and paid for the soldiers that fight and kill us today in Ukraine. Do you feel like your message is being heard? Europe is still buying Russian gas. Almost three months has passed since the beginning of the war. And now eventually the world is waking up and understands that this is not just local war or conflict. We're the largest European country. And this war is going to affect and knock on the door of every household, of every person, government, and so on. It cannot still go on, it must be stopped. Ukraine is part of the ecosystem of the world. We're providing, for instance, grains for Africa and Asia, and with the blocking of the Black Sea, we're gonna have hunger in those countries. 
So it's going to be affected on all different stages if Ukraine is going to be out of the supply chain. And not to forget, we're largest, as I said, European country. We are in Europe. And since the Second World War, the international law has been not broken. And with this invasion of Russian army on Ukraine, international law is broken. Russia needs Ukraine, but not the Ukrainians that wants to be associated with democratic principles. Been, we've been fighting for it since 2014, since the religion of integrity. And it's still, by the Western world, by the free world, underestimated the annexation of Crimea 2014, supporting of the separatists so-called in east of the country. And now with the military that is killing us Ukrainians, killing. And now the courts, and justif not justification, but confirmation of this killing by the Russian soldiers that had been just day before yesterday, um, was put in jail for life, for killing. And the soldier confirmed it. Yes, I killed this old man on a bicycle because I was called to do so. So, and I believe the consequences must be faced. The consequences must take place. And international law must take place as well. And international court must justify, not justify, but just pay for, Russian army must pay for all the war crime that is happening in Ukraine now. What, what, is, what is your life right now? What, what, what are your days? My life is never going to be the same as it was before February 24th. No one's life is going to be the same as it was before the war. We have war. We're talking about Europe, and we're talking about Ukraine as part of Europe, but it's going to touch the world. This war can be spread out further if it's not going to be stopped in Ukraine. And that's why it is extremely important to stand on the economical and the political side against this war, against invasion of Ukraine. And the war must be stopped in Ukraine. State-owned propaganda and guided propaganda of Russia already announced that Ukraine is just the beginning. That means former Soviet republics or those ambitious of the Soviet Union or Russian Empire is going to roll further. Speaking of Poland or Baltic countries, Romania, Bulgaria, whatever was back then part of the Soviet Union, that's the ambitious that Russia is with President Putin is, is looking for. And, and I believe now they're realizing that their intelligence, Russian intelligence, was so wrong and misguided. Because you're fighting back. And everything that was done and those ambitions are just wrong. And I believe that corruption is part of it as well. Corruption in the Russian army with intelligence. Corruption that is in Russia. And other countries, I mean, this is a pretty global issue, but in Russia, speaking of Russia, is, 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 is the price right now that we pay in Ukraine with our lives. And it is extremely important, one more time, to stress it out, to stand together, support Ukraine. Please, 
do not stop. Well, the question is, is it not enough? It's never enough as long as this war is still going. We don't know how long this war is going to go. And endurance is extremely important for us Ukrainians in the country who stand strong with the will. And our will is stronger than any army or any weapon. But it's also endurance for our allies and partners to stand together. I know it's going to get uncomfortable. But to leave the comfort zone, that's how you grow. That's how you stop the spreading of the war around the world. And you stayed to fight. Why did you stay? Why should I not? Why it's should dangerous. I leave? It's not about danger. It's, we understand if you're in Ukraine, on the Ukrainian soil, you're in danger. Even if, as a journalist, your colleagues been precisely killed by the Russian snipers. And they had press on their chest and, and also on their forehead, meaning um, the... Um, helmet but they were precisely killed by the snipers because you are going to spread the news because you are danger for them and actually media is one of the strongest weapons in this world because media state-owned media in russia brainwashes its people calling ukrainians fascists and nazis which is a complete lie just this morning, I was in my hotel room here in Switzerland, in Davos, turning on the television. What did I see? I saw Russian television, state-owned television, reporting about Mariupol, a completely destroyed city, and reporting that Ukrainians destroyed, and Ukrainian army killed thousands of, of, of the city population. And that's the justification on our side and the lie on their side that, that the fascists out there doing all of this lie eventually will come to a light and eventually the truth will win and exactly as the evil will always lose against the good and that's exactly what is happening and I believe if we stand together united in one front against Russian media in this case Mm -hmm. Russian state media, Russian gas, oil, coal, sanctions, isolation, and no, and a lot of different issues that coming from Russia. It is important to show to Russia, we are not okay with that. We're against this war. This war must be stopped. And the consequences after this war must be taken. And the crime must be punished. One more. Was, was it difficult to get out of the country to come here? And will it be hard to get back in? It's not that easy. It's not that easy, but it's possible. Through the western border. What is Kiev like right now? Three months ago, when Russian military forces were on the outskirts of the city, and you could hear the shellings, you, can, you could hear daily hourly explosions you could recognize is it in or out is it something that flew in or is it something that's coming out the city was empty five million people were living and working in the city of kiev up to five million and the city was empty i've never seen kiev empty but i saw it right in the beginning of the war 
Now, the life is back. It doesn't mean, though, that the danger is out. You are still in the war zone. The rockets are still flying and landing, as it happened already four weeks ago. Two rockets landed in the, in the city center and killed one of your colleagues, the journalist from Radio Freedom. So if you're in Ukraine, if you're in Kiev, you should understand the war is still going on, even though the city is back to life. It's not as empty as it was in the beginning. And all the satellite city that were kind of as a protective shield against the Russian army took the hit. They're destroyed. Bucha, Barodyanka, Irpin, Gastomil, Makarev, we can still on going and counting. It's not just destroyed infrastructure, bridges, buildings, but it's taking lives. And the bodies of the innocent are still be discovered. They've been tortured and killed. And you could see that. The war is a very, very horrible face. I was in Bucha right when the Russian forces left. I saw with my own eyes those young men, women, or elderly civilians with the tight hands behind their back, on their knee, executed with a headshot. Many of them, many civilians, in the car on which written children that had been flattened with a tank, and you still have see the remains, human remains in there. It's all reality, and this war, or war in general, has horrifying face that cannot be repeated, which is already repeated in Kharkiv, Mariupol, and we can count endlessly in the east of the country. There's so many villages and cities that have been under this war for a longer time since February 24th. There are people that are still looking for food, water, medical supply. They're still injured and they have no help in this case. And it's just devastating how bad this war is. And there is no logic. If you want to conquer the country and you're destroying it, who is going to rebuild it? Where are the financial assets coming from? What is the reason behind this killing? You don't like the Ukrainians because we are looking for freedom. We're looking for peace. We're looking to be associated with democratic principles. Well, you think wrong. You must be killed. That's how Russian army and Russian leaders, I think, think I know that's how they act. And they're reporting it. Mm. Is going to be used or not with chemical weapons or nuclear bombings? Hopefully not. Hopefully God forbid. Not. But could that happen? Russian on state me media already announced it. Okay. We're going to use it. Better watch. So it's, it's, it's something that one more time, we can endlessly talk about it and this interview is going to be too short yeah. for it. But it is extremely important to understand the danger of this war. And it's not just Ukraine. The whole world is going to be affected with it. And we will feel already in, in the next upcoming months how the economy, the world economy is going to struggle, yeah. how the 
food and hunger is going to come already and so on so that's why don't hesitate don't wait too long please keep supporting us please help us we need weapons we need military equipment on different sizes and stages and whatever it is humanitarian side extremely important we need it we need food and water we need it we need a lot but we will give back multiple times we're protecting also your principles in ukraine and peace must occur that's the podcast for today thank you so much for listening this week Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 a.m. Eastern. To get the smartest takes and analysis from our TV show right into your ears, follow Squawk Pod wherever you listen. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.